listening to the Taming Hinges podcast. Conversations about self-awareness and mental health. We talk about anything and everything on the podcast. Real experiences, real life. Come get triggered. Welcome to another episode of the Taming Hindrances podcast. My name's Phil. I'm the host and creator of the podcast, and you're probably tired of hearing me say that, but I want to welcome you to another episode. Uh, This is episode 41, entitled Effort, and we'll get into that in a second. First, uh, to begin the podcast, a little call to action, because, uh, well, honestly, because they sent me a sweet shirt. Um, I'm an affiliate of purebulk.com, and if you want to support the podcast, please head over to purebulk.com, the uh, purveyor of vitamins and supplements that they are. Uh, They're a wonderful company. I totally believe in them wholeheartedly. I buy a bunch of my supplements from them, Uh, and you can use the code TAMINGHINDRANCES, T-A-M-I-N-G-H-I-N-D-R-A-N-C-E-S, all one word, for 10% off. Uh, I'll make a small commission so you can support the podcast that way. But uh, even if I didn't, I would still recommend them. They're an amazing company. Uh, one product that I've done a deep dive on is uh, Pure ha- uh, Cliff High's Pure Sleep. That's a great product you can check out. But really everything there, um, I really highly recommend their multivitamin, their immune support supplement, and uh, their chaga uh, mushroom supplement. Um, they have a four to one extract from Siberia. That's amazing. So again, purebulk.com, Taming Hindrances, coupon code 10% off, support the podcast if you feel like it. But let's get into the episode. Today's episode is entitled Effort. And it's the episode, um, well, it's not really a culminative episode. That'll be next episode. But I wanted to jump back to kind of the more the roots of this podcast because I started off talking about mental health and self-awareness and getting into what this thing called depression is and how we can remove the connotation from these conversations to better understand ourselves, but just better also understand the conversations we're having. And I, I talked at length in many episodes about how I believe depression to be uniquely who you are. And, and episode 31, uh, 10 episodes ago, I made a sequitur. I moved from talking about specifically just mental health and self-awareness when it comes to the body and the mind, and then moving into talking about this thing called spirituality and and whatever the hell that is and all of the things that might go into making up what spirituality is or what spiritual nature is. But in some cases, I stuck with mental health and and self-awareness, but in other cases, I kind of stepped away from. So this episode entitled effort is to kind of step back and bring it together before I get into a culminative episode, which is again, will be next episode, which are episodes where I like to kind of tie everything together and do like a recap. This is specifically about how I believe one goes about using knowledge or using the things we might've learned along the way in our journeys to better understand ourselves, our bodies, and um, all those types of things. So one, that's why I brought up purebulk.com in the beginning of this episode, because supplementation, I believe to be a very important part of supporting our physical bodies in order to be able to exert effort. 
Um, but also in supporting our mind, it's another way we can, you know, the mind and the, 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 the physicality, uh, the physiology, if you will, of the mind better supports the consciousness and how we use it. So better supports that, that mental body. But I also think it also helps support that other, that spiritual body. And I'll get into that in a little bit here, but, um, the definition of effort, we'll just start there is from Merriam Webster's dictionary. Conscious exertion of power, i.e. hard work, uh, a serious attempt, something produced by the exertion or trying. Effective force is distinguished from the possible resistance called an action by such a force. Okay, that's a little complicated, but whatever. The total work done to achieve a particular end. We're going to go with that last one. Um, all of them are great definitions, but that last one really speaks to me because I think it'll give us a good idea of how we can take some of the things I've been talking about from day one of this podcast and apply it to our self-awareness, our mental health, this thing we call depression and how specifically we can use it. Because last episode in the imagination episode, I talked about how imagination really is in some ways or in a lot of ways, what our depression is. It's how we can use our depression. And I'm a big, big fan of that. And actually I'm a big um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'll, I'll remember. It doesn't matter right now. Um, sometimes I lose words. They just kind of disappear in my mind. But where did you go? Come back. Um, I'm a big advocate for using our depression. And what does that look like? So really that's what this episode is kind of about is how do we use our depression? And now that we know that our depression has all of these different faceted pieces, because that depression is really us itself. And I define self as the three health bodies, the physical form, the mental form, and the spiritual form or other, however you want to define it or whatever you want to call it really. But Depression is the is all is all of those things. It, it's not just one of those things. It lives in the mind because it is our translation point. It translates the other, the spiritual, to the the physical. It translates the physical to the spiritual, top to bottom, up and down, as above, so below. But it also translates either of those pieces to the mind, and then from the mind to either one of those pieces. So it's this constant translation factor. And translating something. To be in translation, that's an, that's an effort. That's, that's an action. That's, we have to put effort into that. Quite a bit of effort, actually. And that's why I wanted to use that last definition. So the total work done to achieve a particular end. Again, the total work done to achieve a particular end is the definition we're using here for effort. So what does that look like? Well, the particular end could be, I mean, it could be anything. It could be whatever you want it to be. It could be bettering yourself in some way. It could be getting uh, better results at the gym. It could be getting good grades. It could be getting a raise. It could be any end requires effort. So when I talked about imagination, imagination is how we can define ends. We can simulate some sort of outcome. And that could be our, our defined end. The effort is how we go about getting there. And this is one of those times that I'm going to wax poetically about my martial arts career. Um, but specifically about martialism, which is almost what I titled this uh, episode, which is martialist practice martialism. And often it's defined as warlike um, mentality or warlike structure. 
that is because we're warring cultures and we like to talk about war and think about war and use war. But martialism goes a little bit beyond that, specifically the arts that turn into martialism. So when one becomes a martialist, they've really defined their effort. They've really understood the effort that's gone into the things they've practiced. So one can start as a martialist. One can start as an artist. One can start as a musician. One can start as an architect. One can start as a cook. One can start as a student. It doesn't matter where you start. In fact, we all really start as students. That's what's known as the white belt mind in martial arts. When you start in most martial arts, the first belt you get is the white belt. And that is to define and to teach you this thing known as the white belt mind or the learner's mind or the beginner's mind. It goes by many, many different names. And that is an important distinction because it's one of the first places I think a lot of people can experience the differentiation, but also the combining of the mind and the body. They kind of go together there. They go into this hand in hand um, procession when we start to learn physical forms and combat and, and you start to experience your body in martial arts where, you know, you get hit or some people get it when they train sports. You know, I, I liken a lot of these things together. You don't have to just go out and, you know, experience martial arts, but there needs to be some sort of combination between the feeling of the physical form and the using of the physical body while also applying the mind to it. And that could be through memorization of action. That could, you know, dancing is a good example there. Someone who learns dancing. It's very similar to martial arts practice where you have to learn steps and, you know, okay, I'm going to pivot here, rotate one step, two step. You learn cadence. You learn, you know, there's a mental process to it. There's this memorization that goes into the skill of action. Athletes learn this, you know, when they learn their specific athletic ability or whatever, ath I don't know, whatever sport they might be practicing as defined by their role in that sport. That's what I mean. It has to be a little bit, it's not just like go play soccer. The, the more likened ability to that or the more likened state of martial arts in that is okay, go play soccer as a goalie, as a forward striker, as a defender. You're learning a specific set inside of a much bigger thing. Martial arts is huge. There's a martial arts that goes with every historical culture ever. They've all had one. The action of learning a specific martial art, though, gives that, that mind and body connection. And it's where most people start. That's why we call it the beginner's mind. Now, the beginner's mind can also be applied to just about everything. But I find that connection between mind and body gives an individual the, the first taste of what effort really looks like and, and why it matters. Because some people attach themselves very quickly to just the, the mental side of it. And some people attach themselves very quickly to the physical side of it. It's very rare that I'll find someone who just instinctually grabs onto both at the same time. I very much liked the mental side of martial arts. I'm not a very, how do I put this? I'm not a very confrontational person when I started martial arts. 
almost 15 years ago. Um, I, I, I was very much introverted. I didn't like social interaction. Um, anytime there was any loud noises or anything like that, uh, um, any of those types of altercations, I would just walk away from it. You know, I could be a very large physical presence at the time I was, uh, coming off of a, a broken femur injury and I had just lost a ton of weight, but I had always been large. I was like 310 pounds in high school, just fat, butterball 310 pounds. But, you know, that gives you a presence. People aren't going to fuck with somebody who's that big. There's like, I can just sit on me. Um, but even then, like I just, I shied away from confrontation. It wasn't my thing. I didn't like it. So that specific, you know, um, idea kind of made me more, more attached to the mental side of martial arts. What was this thing I was learning? Cause I wasn't just learning movement. When I started, I, I started learning philosophy and I, I had already, you know, delved into that, but traditional Chinese medicine philosophy and the, the medicine that goes along with that sports medicine, uh, the act, the art of movement, kinesiology, you know, all of that. I was being trained by a NASM certified physical trainer, corrective exercise specialist, had a bunch of certifications. Um, so I was really getting into like, what's the philosophy here? What's the mentality here? And that's most of the effort I put in was on the mental side. I memorized the forms and how they worked. And that's where, you know, when I talked about imagination last episode, my imagination is really what accelerated my martial arts um, ability. Yes, I was a physical force, but I started out fresh off a, a traumatic injury. I mean, learning how to like run again. I, I couldn't even jog. I, I could barely even kneel down on, the, on my right leg. You know, I just, I was not as fully capable as I once was, and I never really was fully capable because I was just this fat kid who never really worked out. And so the physical came along eventually, but I really started out as a mental effort practice and I really enjoyed that. So I always find people who, you know, typically draw to one side or the other. Again, there are some that do both right off the bat, but the beginner's mind, that white belt mind you learn, you've, you pick a starting location and you, you always are learning. You're constantly learning, constantly putting in effort because you learn that effort in equals something out. That's the equation. If you put in the effort, something will come out of it. It could take six months. It could take a year. In fact, there's this whole process uh, when learning martial arts specifically, but I think it applies pretty regularly to either sports or other athletic goals, other physical goals, that you won't see results in any way, shape, or form for three months, and you probably won't recognize them for six at about the six month mark, most white belts, that's actually kind of when you get your white belt is about six months in, you test for your white belt. And that's kind of why they do that is at six months, do you go to test for your white belt? Some are a year, everybody's a little bit different. Don't quote me on timeframes as far as schools go and when you get your white belt, but at about six months, you can probably test for your white belt. And that's long enough to have put in enough effort to then see measurable results that you will recognize in yourself. Most white belts, when they first get their white belt, it's not just the act of getting their white belt, that's the achievement. And that's, you know, some physical thing they can hold on to. But they really start to see like, oh, I do know these forms. I do know how to move. I do know how to do this, this application. I do know how to, you know, 
apply this to this next form I'm learning. So that effort in something out goes along with, you know, what I started with a definition here, the total work done to achieve a particular end. That's the effort. Well, effort's an ongoing thing. And it's, it's cumulative. It, it, it continues to grow and grow and grow. And that's the white belt mind is to always be in this beginner's mind, this learner's mind, the scholar's mind, some call it to always be learning, but to always be applying effort. An individual who gets their white belt knows that there's more effort to be had or to be applied to get the next belt. And in fact, when you get to a black belt level, that's when you're supposed to sit down and really look at all the effort you've put in. Because the goal might not have always been to get a black belt. That's the the mark that, you know, belts get marked. They, you know, you can have a, a black belt one striper. There's always this methodology of black belt second degree. Once you hit black belt, there's these degree ranges or stripes or marks, whatever they want to call it. That's specific for a reason. In most cases, I can't speak fully for every martial arts. I haven't taken all of them, but a lot of them I've been introduced into or, or had some sort of engagement with. And the reason there's degree levels to a black belt is not just to be like, hey, I'm better than a white belt. Or I'm better than a, a first degree black belt because I'm a second degree or any of that. Or It's a measurement of knowledge, but it's also a measurement of effort. Most modern teachers in the martial arts systems, and this even comes from some, you know, anecdotal stories from the ancient teachings, to get a black belt equivalates putting in enough effort to have learned the system. And the system is whatever that happens to be. If it's, you know, Tai Chi, although Tai Chi doesn't really have a belt ranking system, it's kind of part of Kung Fu, uh, which is there's the Shaolin methods, there's the five animal systems, there's all sorts of, you know, or Brazilian jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu, Aikido, Hapkido, um, Taekwondo, uh, Gyoji Ryo Karate, or just Karate, any one of the family schools or systems of Karate, you know, Muay Thai. Understanding the full system, which means includes all the forms, methodologies, mental, you know, practices. That's what black belt means. You've put in all of the effort needed to understand and practice the system, whatever that system might be. That may have been the end goal. So that would be your effort. Then after that, every degree beyond that, more effort needs to be applied Effort needs to be defined and placed. It needs to be given a specific end goal. That's why I use that last definition, the total work done to achieve a particular end. That's the major difference between a black belt and a second degree black belt, a third degree black belt, a fourth degree black belt, or Don, you might hear. Um, degree and Don is their level rankings. The belt stays the same for the most part. It's a black belt. It might have different stripes on it. It might have a different color on it, but it's a black belt. You've achieved black belt level. That means you understand the system. You've practiced and put in the effort to understand and practice the system. And then to be able to teach that system is more effort. So every degree after that 
has to have a particular end in mind. And a lot of black belts get confronted with this idea of, oh, hey, you know, you know the system. That's great. What are you going to do with it? You going to teach? All right, well, you need to put in the effort to understand how to teach the system, to know it so well and so intrinsically that you can then show a white belt or a, a non-white belt, a beginner, how to achieve a white belt, how to achieve a, you know, I forget what the color structure. Everybody has different color structures, white, yellow, orange, brown, red, black. It, everybody's a little bit different. Some have red, some don't have red, some have purple, and whatever. To me, belts never mattered. It wasn't my thing, which is was a part of my second degree black belt. When I attained my second degree black belt, I attained it not necessarily by education of the system. Yes, I did teach, but I had a focus on Tai Chi, which was not a part of the curriculum to become a um, black belt necessarily. You could use Tai Chi as one of your training methods, but anyway, uh, my particular focus, the effort I put in to get my second degree black belt was attaining a massage license. I went to school to become a licensed massage therapist, tested, attained, and pra started practicing massage. That was a part of attaining my second degree black belt. Most of the effort that also went into that, that I don't get to include in my massage practice because it's not sanctioned in that way, is all of the effort I put in to learn traditional Chinese medicine and specifically applying the anatomy and physiology I was learning as a massage, uh, a massage practicer or, or licensed massage therapist, but, or massage student, I should say at the time. And then applying all of my anatomy and physiology lessons to traditional Chinese medicine, to herbal medicines, to Ayurvedic medicines, to all of this other stuff that went along with my martial arts practice in the school that I was practicing in all of the philosophy that I had to learn. Not, I shouldn't say had, but all the philosophy I did learn. Uh, at one point in time, I was sat down during a black belt training uh, evening where it was just black belts in the room. All, all uh, First, second, I think we even had a third degree at the time. Or maybe he was just going for his third degree. I don't really remember. But um, we were tested on our knowledge. And one of the questions I was, like right off the bat, one of the first questions I was given was to define enlightenment. To do so at the time, uh, the initial thought in my mind was just to clap really loud in the room because everybody was being really quiet. Uh, I did not do that. I held myself back. And instead, I just stared at the wall and I didn't, I didn't say anything. I stayed silent. And my instructor just agreed that that was an appropriate answer. But that's where I talk about the ends of effort or the effort put in. I didn't get questioned about how to do a form or how to teach someone a form. The first question, or one of the first questions I was given that evening was define enlightenment. Most people would say that has nothing to do with martial arts practice, that it's, you know, forms and, you know, applications or kata, depending on the system, they're all different. You know, in Kung Fu, we have forms. In Karate, they have kata. In uh, Taekwondo, they have, I believe it's also kata. But, um, we have all these systems of practice. I'll call it that. That had nothing to do with my black belt training at that time. They asked me, what is enlightenment? And then after that, I was also asked a bunch of other questions. 
while I was sitting in Zazen. We didn't do any movement. Then they said, okay, show me the first form. Show me the second form. Show me the third form. And I went through all these uh, praying. At the time, it was started with the praying mantis forms. I went, all, went through all these praying mantis forms. Whose names I can't remember at this point in time, but I'm sure I've written down somewhere. I digress. So that's what I mean by this thing is effort. This methodology is of effort. And so why is that important? Remember, I don't like to ask why questions, but we have moved on to spirituality. Why questions are the realm of spirituality. So, okay, we'll, we'll skip that. We are trying to talk about just mental health and self-awareness here. But you can't separate any of this. They're all It's all coming conclusively together. How does... Um, how does this apply? How does effort apply to mental health and self-awareness? Well, in my story, my anecdotal story there about how I got my second degree black belt, going from just a black belt who understood the system to getting a second degree, which meant not only did I understand the system, was teaching it, but I also had pursued and bettered myself in other means to also better help the individuals below me. I bettered myself to help better them in some cases. The effort didn't have one specific track. The effort was everything culminative that got me to the point in time where my Sifu said, here, here's your second degree black belt. You've, you've, you've earned it. You, you achieved it. You put in enough effort in all the different ways that I did it to achieve that. And that's a common story behind most second degree black belts and beyond is that you've, you've put in enough effort to achieve this new level. And at the same time, you realize that doesn't mean shit because you probably need to double it to get to the next one. And you need to double that amount of effort to get to the next one. And it humbles you in a way, but it also makes you understand that these are all inclusive. This is the differentiation of someone who practices the martial arts and then someone who becomes a martialist. And remember how I said at the beginning of this episode how I really thought about titling martialism or martialist. A martialist, yes, the definition there is that it's someone, it, it all revolves around war, really. You have to take yourself out of the mentality of what we consider war, this idea of kinetic warfare. Warfare is multifaceted. You can fight a war in information. You can fight a war kinetically. You can fight a war physically. You can fight a war spiritually. Spiritually, You can fight a war in every different methodology you could possibly think of. War is a simulation first. It happens in the mind first. So a martialist is someone who comes to the conclusion of understanding the effort they've put in and what that means intrinsically. So talking about mental health and self-awareness, I'm sorry, I've given you all that information about martialism, martialist, martial arts, these belts, you know, how that is similar to sports and athletes or, or even someone pursuing their doctorate. It's all very similar. The effort is what matters. The effort is what defines the ends. But the effort's also what got you there. 
It's everything that went in to get you to the point you are right now. So have you been putting in effort or haven't you been putting in effort? Have you been trying or have you just been passive? Passivity being passive to you know, being passive is not a bad thing here. I'm not saying I'm not harping on you. If you're just being passive about things, maybe in fact, you're learning patience because that's part of this whole effort situation. It takes effort to learn patience. Patience is first a skill before it can become a virtue. In fact, most virtues are skills first. And it takes patience to learn that. That's why I was drilled into my head learning martial arts that repetition is the mother of all skill and failure is its father. You must repeat, 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 repeat. You must put in effort, but you also must fail, which means your effort needs to have stages and steps. You can't just put in effort and then get to the end. If you don't fall, if you don't get hit, if you, you never learn anything which means your effort can never get better. So when I talk about effort, I don't just mean this effort or that. It's all of the efforts and there's stages to them and there's differentiations between them. And this is what I, you know, get into when I was talking about um, mental health and self-awareness and how our depression is uniquely who we are, but we can use it. And so when we think about effort in that place, in this realm of depression, in this realm of how our minds work, how our imagination manifests itself, our imagination in and of itself, the effort we're applying and the effort we're putting in is really, really important. Because if you're not putting in effort, it's not necessarily good or bad. Remember, take the connotation out of it. But if you have an ends in mean, if you have an ends in mind, if you if you want to feel more content, if you want to live a better lifestyle, if you want to be healthier, if you want to just feel better, or you want to learn something, you have to put in effort. I don't know how we got to this place that we've gotten to in society. Rant incoming, by the way, forewarned. Here comes a rant. I don't know how we got to this place society where people don't feel like Effort is necessary. Effort is absolutely fucking necessary. You have to put an effort. If you don't put an effort, you can have no expectations. You don't get to. You have to put an effort. It's absolutely necessary. It's necessary down to the fundamental idea that it just changes you into whatever it is you're going to become. If you don't put in effort, you don't get to change. And thus, you cannot expect change. And if you can't expect change, you are not living in a world of chaos, of infinite possibility. Thus, you are stuck in whatever form factor you are in at that point in time, which means creation to have been given structure is now solidified and any order or operation after any, any idea of ordering, the next primordial in the list, it, 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 it's stuck. There is no more ordering. It is, you, you are what you are. There is no change. There's no function. There's no, there's no nothing. Which means there can be no destruction. And if there can't be destruction, you can't get through the cycles to get back to being chaos. The first, primordial. What came first? Infinite possibility, chaos. 
And that's part of why I got into spirituality when I did the sequitur 10 episodes, 10 episodes ago, why I believe fundamentally spirituality is a necessary part of humanity, because I think effort has a lot to do with it. So as much as I said about how this episode is about getting back to mental health and self-awareness, I'm doing that by bringing in this thing known as spirituality. And I want to bring it all together a little bit with this idea of effort because I think it's lacking. Well, you thought the rant was over. The rant's not over yet. I think it is wholly lacking in today's society, this thing known as effort. You have to fucking try, people. I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to everybody on this one. And if you need to hear this, maybe you need the kick in the ass that you got to try. You got you to you put in effort. That effort could be minuscule. This is where the beginner's mind comes from. This is where the white belt mind comes from. And part of that has to be getting over the fear of failure because you got to fail. You have to fail. Part of putting in effort is failing. We have to become comfortable with that. And if you can't, that's okay. You got to become comfortable with just a little bit of it, just the idea of it, that you might not get what you want in the end. You are going to get what you need, though. You always get what you need. The universe makes sure of that. That's part of universal balance. That's part of yin-yang. That's part of creation and destruction and chaos. And the whole cyclical nature of all of it is that you are going to get what you need. You might not have control of defining that just yet, but you can also get there. To get any of that going, to get anywhere close to that, to get anywhere near that end, near that destruction point, you have to put in effort. The entire deck of the tarot explains that. Million dollar idea. Here you go. I'm just going to give it out for free. The tarot deck itself, tarot, tarot, however you want to pronounce it. There's a couple different pronunciations and I'm okay with that. But the one I'm familiar with, tarot, is an explanation of effort. The major arcana is a story of the fool going on a journey to understand themselves and then at the very end understanding they don't know shit and starting all over again. It's a story of effort. The story of me getting my second degree black belt is a story of effort. The story of an individual getting their doctorate is a story of effort. The story of an individual working from nothing to something is a story of effort. The story of someone going from suicidal to not suicidal, also my story, story of effort. The story of someone going through high school and all the struggles that that fucking entails because it's horrible and I'm sorry we all have to do that and I'm sorry if you still got to, but you have to, effort. The story of getting a college degree, a, a baccalaureate or an associate's effort. The story of just working at a nine to five effort. The story of getting up every day and going to bed every night, fucking effort. We have to start understanding you don't get nothing unless you put an effort. I'm sorry, you, you don't get something unless you put in an effort. That That's it. It's a fundamental principle idea of the universe that effort must be put in. Every machine that exists in the world, effort must put in. It's actually how we use electricity, quote unquote, or AC electricity, alternating current. That's really actually what it is. I'm, I'll digress a little bit. I know I'm already on a rant. Don't need to go on a second one. That requires effort. Effort in, effort out. All electricity generation is actually just a, 
it's really just a translation. We're just putting in one effort to get out a different effort. It works the same thing with the human system. In order to understand the physical body, I must exert it. I must apply effort. I will not understand how my muscles work if I don't do a push-up. I will not understand how to run if I don't learn how to walk. I can't jog without walking. I can't, can't move without walking unless I'm just crawling, and that's highly inefficient. And eventually I learn, oh, there's this walking thing. Much better. Put in some effort. Learn how to walk better. Awesome. By walking more and more and more, I can learn to jog. And then if I jog some, I can run. And if I run, I can sprint. There are all of these different levels. That in and of itself, just a runner learning how to run, to me, is the same thing as a white belt getting a black belt. When a person goes from crawling on the ground as a child to sprinting, that's the same amount or not maybe the same amount. I really shouldn't measure it amount-wise. But that's the same function of effort. So let's step back. Definition, please, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. Effort. Definition number five on the website, if you go look. The total work done to achieve a particular end. There can be no ends and there can be no means without effort. There can be no point in time where you have full control or even a modicum of control over your depression and how your mind sees the world and understanding of yourself known as self-awareness and control of mental health thereby without effort. If you've gotten to this episode, maybe even just started here, you've put in some modicum of effort. You've tried to learn. You've tried to understand. You've, you've put in some research, maybe. When I started this podcast out with a call to action to go over to purebulk.com and use Taming Hendricks' code, yes, I'm plugging that right now, to get 10% off, the effort you put into your supplementation, to your diet, to your exercise, all has to do with this physical form we're in control of. That's why I split things out into these three different health bodies. Because the effort of one is, is an, a culmination of the effort of other. And they talk to each other up and down. So by applying effort to one of the pieces, you also get effort out of the others. You can put in inputs wherever you want. Because there will be outputs up and down. That is just another way you can look at the verbiage as above, so below. All of antiquity has been talking to us about this. All cultural references of spirituality talk about this. All cultural references of medicine talk about this. Every time alchemy mentions any form of doing anything in the alchemical processes, they're talking about effort. Education itself is effort. Even if it is indoctrinated in some cases. Indoctrination is effort. So if you're not controlling the efforts of the functions going into the machines around you, you're not in control at all, which means you are just stuck in a form function. And I talked about this at the end of the episode last time about imagine an imagination episode. If your imagination has been stolen away from you, you have been ordered by whatever power may have may be in that situation and you're stuck there to get out of that you have to apply effort 
to get healthier physically, you must apply effort. Small side tangent rant. Health has nothing to do with weight loss. I'm going to say that one more time. I'm going to say it three more times. Health has nothing. Becoming healthy has nothing to do with losing weight. Becoming healthy has nothing to do with weight loss. Weight loss and being healthy are two very separate things. If you would like to become healthier, you might look at losing body fat and bringing your body fat percentage down. That may equate to better health. Weight loss does not necessarily equate to better health. There are all these functions and, and, and structures that have been put in place, efforts by other individuals, such as marketing schemes and all this other bullshit that we get stuck in in the modern society, Facebook and social media and all these other things that are putting in tons and tons of effort to get your attention and to make you focus on something. And by doing that, their effort exceeds yours because you're not applying the effort of going and doing this triggering term I'm about to use, because remember, come get triggered on the Taming Hindrances podcast, doing your own research. That's putting in effort because it keeps you from getting stuck in the cyclical natures of the marketing schemes and the, the ploys of businesses and all these other things. Why I'm part of an affiliate group with Pure Bulk? Because they don't do any of that shit. They're not out there trying to grab people's attention to the next fad diet. In fact, what they're doing is giving people the options to do their own research and also helping giving them information to do their own research to better themselves through supplementation or giving them the outlet or the way in which they can do that for reasonable prices. Um, that's why it was, it was kind of auspicious that they sent me the shirt and I was like, yes, I'm going to wear the shirt during the, the effort episode because they put in a ton of effort to give people an amazing product, whatever that product may be, they have all sorts of supplements on their website, but they also put in effort with their affiliates. Like they put in with me, they, you know, put my podcast out there and they support me in that way. But they also allow people to apply the effort of learning about supplementation and wellness into their body by going, Oh, okay. I'm going to take this supplement. And that supplement, you know, maybe let's just use an example because the Greeks knew this. The Greeks knew how important it was to both train the mind and the body. And they knew that there was a spiritual function to doing both of those things, as well as they knew that there was a, the, the downplay of that, of the applying spiritual nature helped the body and the mind. So let's just use a random example. You want to get more fit. Awesome but you're tired all the time. You're not going to put an effort if you're tired all the time. In fact, you're going to lack the ability to put an effort because you're tired all the time. So you are going to lack motivation. You're going to lack structure into, you know, you're not going to be able to get out of that cycle. And really you're not even in a cycle. And that's the worst place to be is to not be in the cycle of chaos, creation, order, destruction. If you're stuck outside the cycles, if you're not, if there is no cycle, you're in trouble. You, you got to put in some effort to get those, to get the gears turning again. So what might be the first step? Now, I'm not a doctor. I can't diagnose or prescribe. Not a professional in any way. Just an idiot on the internet. Maybe, maybe getting better sleep and not more sleep, getting a better quality of sleep. That might be the first step because then maybe you won't be so tired 
And then when you get done your long nine to five workday or whatever, you know, your eight hour workday or 10 hour workday, even maybe it's 12 hour workday. I've been there. When you get done that, maybe because you've been getting a better quality of sleep and feel a little bit more rested, you have a better mentality to do a couple push-ups before bed, to go for a walk before, you know, dinner or after dinner, to do some sort of just, just light exercise, just a little bit. And if you do that over and over and over again, you put in the effort over and over and over again, you get to a better state of health. Not, oh, I lost five pounds. That's good on you. That's like getting the black belt. The weight loss on the scale is just somebody handing you your, you know, your black belt and weight loss. Like, hey, you lost 15 pounds. Here's your brown belt. Good on you. Doesn't mean shit. It doesn't. Just means that was the effort. That was that was the culmination of the effort you put in. It's all of the other things that matter. All of the effort pieces that to get that 15 pounds of weight loss, you started walking doing some regular exercise. You started eating healthier, more nutritious meals. In fact, you even went a little bit farther and you even thought about, maybe I should, uh, maybe I should study a little bit of nutrition and figure out like, oh, you know, oh, maybe I should work on my gut biome. Ooh, there's a really good one. And also I, 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 you know, started getting better quality of sleep. That was a really important thing to do. You know, okay, cool. I, you know, so not only did I, Get, I started doing regular physical activity, but I also, you know, really learned some things about nutrition and started eating better. And then I started getting better quality of sleep, which somehow put me into this weird, you know, better mindset where like I could get a little bit more done with my day. I felt a little bit better about myself. I felt a little bit better about my, my domicile, my surroundings. You know, I wasn't just leaving the cardboard boxes around. I was getting those broken down and getting them in the recycling. I was, you know, cleaning up the kitchen after I made dinner. I was getting my laundry done on time and not like struggling to like, you know, be like behind on laundry or cleaning the house. You know, I was opening the windows and getting some fresh air. So I was doing all those, you know, things that was cool. And then, uh, you know, on top of it, I even started throwing in some, uh, some extra supplementation for like prebiotics and probiotics and getting my gut biome together and, you know, started feeling more energy that way. I was like, oh, okay, maybe if I take, you know, this small supplement stack in conjoinment with my nutrition, I was feeling better that way. That's all the effort. That's all the shit that matters. What that equivalated to the ends, quote unquote, was a black belt and weight loss. You lost 15 pounds. You lost, you know, 12 pounds. Fuck, you lost three pounds. Amazing. That's why effort matters. And that's why we need to have conversations about mental health and self-awareness that partially revolve around putting in effort because the effort's what matters. The outcome doesn't mean shit. The outcome is just getting a black belt. It's just getting a doctorate. None of that, none of that means anything. The mental state that comes with it of, ooh, yeah, achievement, that means something to the individual. And in some cases, it means something to other people. There's plenty of people in the world that I tell that I have a second degree black belt, and they're just like, cool, bro. Look at you. Look at you, bro. You got your second degree black belt. Way to go, bro. That's what they think in their heads. They're like, yeah, oh, fuck this guy. Like, he's showing up. That's why I'm bringing up a lot. Or there's other people out there that hear, oh, you got a second degree black belt? You want to fight me, dude? 
no, I don't fucking want to fight you. I did Tai Chi and studied traditional Chinese medicine and philosophy. That's how I got my black belt. I got my first black belt by learning a system of martial combat. But really, I learned Tai Chi, traditional Chinese medicine, philosophy on multiple fronts, uh, war mentality, really, like tactics and and, and mental uh, subterfuge in states, a little bit of forms and function, a ton of kinesiology, anatomy and physiology, um, nutrition. Um, those were all the things that went into my second degree black belt and even my first degree black belt, really teaching how to like teach other people and, you know, be social. I had to learn how to be social in a group. That's what went into my second degree black belt had nothing to do with learning how to fight zero. Well, not zero, but very little. And that's why the piece of paper doesn't fucking matter. Your baccalaureate, your associate's degree doesn't fucking matter. It was all the effort that went into it that an employer sees to go, Oh, yeah, they suffered just like I suffered. They went through English 101, that boring ass high school 2.0 class. No offense, English is a good topic. I, I like writing. But, you know, that's what they, that's what the mentality that happens afterwards is that's why someone wants someone with a baccalaureate. That's why someone wants someone with an associate. So it wants someone with a degree because all that degree associate, all that degree means is, oh, this person suffered just like I suffered. They showed that they could go through the suffering of college because it is a sufferable thing. I've tried. I didn't make it. I couldn't agree with the stupid academia worlds of all the bullshit of academia. So that's why effort matters because it means something. And in fact, it means much more than the ends. Again, back to the definition. I'm sure people hate when I do this, but... The total work done to achieve a particular end. That means so much more. That is the 99%. The 1% with the little piece of paper they gave you. The colored piece of cloth they gave me. Well, I guess they gave me some certificates too. But my massage license, perfect example. The license they gave me. That's, that's 1% of the whole thing. Of the six months of 30 to 32 hours a week that... I went to school and practiced and learned. I was in school eight hours, four days a week. Was it uh, 1632? Yeah. You know, and then I had clinical on top of that. So some weeks was even more. All of that effort I put in, the 1% piece was the little license they gave me at the end. After I took a test, I put in all this effort to get the little license. License doesn't mean shit. Your weight loss doesn't mean shit. You listening to this podcast and saying, yeah, I listen to all his episodes of the podcast doesn't mean shit. I super appreciate it. I really do if you have, but it was all the effort you went into of listening to what I was saying and then being like, no, he's fucking wrong. And then going and coming up with your own mentality on your own understanding. You're putting in your own effort to understand your own self-awareness and your own mental health. That's what matters. So we need to celebrate effort. Because by celebrating something in a society, we make it more prevalent and we also make it more accessible. Right now, we celebrate no effort, passiveness. And what that does is it makes a cultural disparity. And cultural disparities come from individuals who are fearful of other people being better than them. 
that's not how true culture works. And we've never really had true culture. The Romans came really close. The Greeks came really close. Um, Ming dynasty, China, Han dynasty, China. Well, Ming, Sun, Sun, um, Kyoto era, or I'm sorry, the Edo period of Japan. Not to say that we don't, you know, other parts, I'm just naming some specific cultural time frames where they came really close to like pure culture, um, which unfortunately usually turns itself into like specific nationalism and turns itself into uh, xenophobia because you want to protect that pure culture. But when we understand the form and function of everyone gets to put in effort and we can celebrate the outcomes of the effort, but really we want to celebrate the effort itself. That's when you get pure culture. That's when you get the Leonardo da Vinci's of the world. That's when you get the Renaissance, essentially the Renaissance period or golden agents of society are really revolving around celebration of putting in effort, not so much the outcomes because the outcomes become so fantastical that you get that Renaissance period. You get that golden age because the effort was celebrated, not forced, not mandated, celebrated. That's when you get, amazing Renaissance periods or golden ages. We have to start doing that because we don't do it right now. And well, we're reaping the rewards of, uh, of that type of society, of that type of culture, of that type of mentality that no, you don't have to put in effort. You don't have to try. This is what's wrong with a lot of the, you know, everybody gets a trophy wokeism, Marxism, which wokeism is just Marxism. This is the problem with social media in the sense that people get to post bullshit. And what I, what I mean by bullshit is super famous people get to post pictures of them next to planes and then semi-famous people, people get to pay to take pictures next to planes and they become an equivalent idea of effort and that's, we, we're celebrating the end. Stop doing that. Stop celebrating the picture of the cool person with the sweet fucking, you know, snazzy outfit next to a plane. Because the effort might not equivalent that end. I don't celebrate the 16th chapel. I celebrate the hours upon hours upon hours of painstaking painting and work and imagination that went into creating the 16th chapel in both its architectural nature and the paintings that are on the ceiling. That's amazing. All the time and meticulous effort that went into making it is what makes it amazing. Part of my reason that I don't quite get art is because I don't know how to, oh, I guess I, sh I should change that. I get art. I don't always get the, I don't always get the valuation of art or just art in general because it's hard for me to imagine 
or simulate everything that went into it because that's what matters to me. I don't care if the picture looks nice. I'm much more curious about the effort that went into it. In my personal opinion, I'm sure this might piss some art, some art culture individuals off, but that's kind of what I do. So the Mona Lisa and I can't remember the individual's name who did it, but uh, there was an individual who mirrored the Mona Lisa made a one for one copy, almost completely indistinguishable um, using actually a mirror. The function in which they did it was to take a mirror and a, uh, a hand rig that like supported their hand and to essentially move the mirror across the canvas and mirror every, and, you know, paint every piece of the mirror. To me, that amount of effort in makes it just as good. Someone who put in so much effort that they created a completely fraudulent item that was so good, it mirrored and represented and could even trick art profilers into thinking it was the real one, you know, that I celebrate that effort. Yeah, it was underhanded. Okay. Morals and ethics. Okay. I I get all that, but damn, did they put in a lot of effort and that's amazing. Someone who, you know, they have these abstract arts or whatever. Some people just, take some paints and throw it out of canvas and that's somehow art. There's a massive difference in my book between the person who just does that to sell some art to make some money and the person who was going through some grievous wound in their, in their personal life and they suffered through that interplay of rolling through those thoughts and going through that PTSD of just running through that fucking grievous wound of emotional hate or pain and then picking out the colors that they were going to then throw against the canvas and scrape their hand through and just having this crazy emotional distraught or celebration even maybe if it was like a, a an amazing thing that it made them you know, that brought them about their creativity going through that effort and making art comparative to just throwing some paint at the, you know, canvas and then trying to sell that. So I guess in some ways I do understand art because I think maybe that's what art profilers and and artistic individuals get is they can see the effort that went into it. And that effort could have been emotional. That effort could have been any form of effort, but I've, I've waxed, poetically enough about that. So I probably should come back to the point here, which I think I've been on topic pretty good here on this one. Effort is fucking important and we have to celebrate it and we have to start using it, using it, using it, using it, using it, repetition is the mother of all skill. We have to start using our effort. We have to, because it's in you. It's absolutely in you. You have tons of effort in you. In traditional Chinese medicine, there's the three virtues uh, which are Shen, Qi, and Jing. Shen is spiritual by nature. Qi is vital force or energy. And Jing is the outcome of those things, <laughs> the expression of those things, commonly referred to as effort. Jing is effort. So we must be 
doing Jing because Jing is the expression of our chi, of our vital energy. The effort we do physically is the expression of our imagination, of our depression. And our imagination is the expression, our depression is the expression of our spiritual natures. Of our, dare I say, oh no, souls. Is that not the definition of what a soul is? To be the expressive force to the mental conscious state, which then expresses itself through the physical form. I'm going to go on a crazy anecdotal story here, but in my martial art practice, I met not even a handful, maybe three. Three that I can think of at the top of my head right now that I, I can actually feel have almost like a reoccurrence of what I felt with them. One was my instructor, my, my Sifu. Another was a um, grandmaster who taught my Sifu at one point. And the third was um, a sensei. He was in the Japanese arts, so he was a sensei. Um, these three individuals I'm thinking of, they're, again, if I, if I thought really hard, I, I probably could come up with a handful. I could probably come up with five. But these three individuals I'm thinking of, I can right off the top of my head, I can think about how these individuals put in so much fucking effort to their discipline to their art, to their being, that they became a physical, spiritual presence. That they were able to act. And these are three I experienced. I've seen probably two handfuls. I've seen video or heard anecdotal stories enough so that I, I kind of believed of more than this. But three that I, I, I myself, anecdotally, experienced were these three individuals. My Sifu would check out when he, like when he was not really paying attention, when I first started with him before he like had to kind of be like more Sifu Sifu, you know, running a school, you know, one-on-one -on -one with him learning stuff. And, and sometimes with him in group classes, he would practice so in-depthly that it was like a spiritual presence in the room. There was something else going on. You could just feel almost energy vibrating off this dude. Like he just had a different feeling. It would just click on or click off. Like it was just different. But you also got that from him at a personal level. Just like a hug from this dude was like, it just felt different. You know, it just, there was just something more comforting about a hug from this dude than say like, just even like a good acquaintance or like a really good friend, like just something different, just something spiritually coming off this guy. And also in the same vein, I only experienced this one or two times of him in an actual like combat, like real true martialism, like not a stare down. We didn't make eye contact very often because that was part of it. You don't really want to make eye contact with the enemy in, in some cases. Um, but in some cases where I went, we, we squared off essentially toe to toe. You could just feel a, a presence. 
I also got that from uh, Grandmaster, who I was fortunate enough to touch hands with. Touching this dude, you could tell if they wanted to turn something extra on, it was going to get turned on. You weren't going to like it. It could go one way or the other. And most likely it was going to go the way of like, this was going to hurt something. Just, you just, it was almost like that predator. Like you could just feel like this is a cat where if you rub their belly, they might fucking claw your hand off, bite your hand off. Like they're being nice right now, but they don't have to be. So I definitely felt that. And then the third with the sensei, we squared off and he wanted to see what I knew and I wanted to see what he knew. And I had a non-physical, physical reaction to the person. I literally like reacted to their presence of willpower and was like, whoa, okay. What did it, what was that? That was Shen. That was them, their soul or spirit or whatever you want to call it, expressing themselves physically and mentally at the same time. So, why does that matter? Because they put in all of the effort. What I really got out of those experiences was you could just feel the amount of effort they put into their practice. I've never experienced it fully, but I have seen it and I have anecdotally heard about it. This is what's going on with a Qigong practitioner who practices Qigong healing. It's something I'm just now coming into on my own of being able to practice outward Qigong healing to others is the amount of effort that goes in to be able to do that, to be able to strengthen one's chi so much that they can affect someone else with it takes a massive amount of effort. So this has just been one long winded anecdotal story to tell you about my martial arts career and the experience that went into that to learn. It's all about the effort. You can tell when someone's really put effort into something and that goes beyond just pride or prejudice or, you know, any of those things. Those are tells, but there's a feeling behind something that has an effort put into it or the quality or the type of effort, the amount thereof. You can just, this, this thing known as effort. This is why I believe some businesses are more successful than others because you can tell when the owner truly has put some effort into it. Why one brand is better than another or why, I don't know. I think it, it shows itself in what's known as loyalty. Brand loyalty or a person's loyalty. You know, my loyalty to my Sifu for as long as I was loyal to, I mean, still am in some cases, but you know, I don't practice under him anymore and the school has kind of dissolved itself. But that lineage really has, I guess, dissolved itself in some cases. But the loyalty that was there was because of the effort. A podcaster who has a very small, loyal group, maybe I do, maybe I don't, I don't really know yet. That comes down to the effort that was put in. The small little mom and pop shop that just has its regular customers. It's because of the fucking effort they're putting into that. It is them. It's part of their soul. Shen. Spirit. Willpower. Qi. Will. Jing. Effort. The expression of it. This 
thing known as effort really matters. So I have to challenge you on some things. Are you putting effort into your mental health? Are you putting effort into understanding and controlling your depression and using it as the tool it actually is? Are you putting effort into producing some modicum of self-awareness? Are you putting effort into understanding your spirituality? I don't care where you're starting on the list because they all will come together in the end. That's the beginner mind. That's the white belt mind. Is The white belt just comes after putting in a, 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 a measurable amount of effort that we can go, here's your white belt. To be honest, if you even listen to the first seven episodes of this podcast, I'd probably be like, here's your white belt in self-awareness. Seven through 14, maybe that was an orange belt or I'm sorry, yellow belt, you know, 14 through 20, maybe, you know, so like I could break this podcast down into belts. Maybe I should have, <laughs> you know, if you've, if you've listened through X through X or X through Y, you get a white belt and you get, we're starting to get into what I would consider black belt range of self-awareness and mental health and understanding depression. But it all comes down to the effort you put into it. It's funny because I look at the metrics of this podcast in some cases and specifically those on the YouTube channel. I laugh about how a lot of people want to say they put in effort. Oh yeah, I listened to your podcast. No, you didn't. I know you didn't. You know how I know you didn't? Because the metrics tell me you didn't. Your knowledge of the subject tells me you didn't. This is where you can definitely in your life look at the people around you and start to pick out. Are they really worth listening to? Are they really worth dealing with? Are they just saying they put in effort? Because that's the society we live in right now. And I'm not faulting you if you did. I'm not at all. Because life's busy and maybe you didn't have the time. I get that. I really do. I honestly do. And remember, ignorance is fine. Willful ignorance is the root of all evil. And I think we're definitely on the cusp of a lot of people just being willfully ignorant, just saying like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did that. Or I, I do that. But really, they didn't really put in the effort. You can say, I meditated. Or you can say, I meditate. Absolutely, you get to say that. All you have to do is meditate once every six months and you get to say like, Oh yeah, I meditate. The thing is though, it's the effort that matters. One last anecdotal martial arts story before, while I wrap this up to give you kind of what I mean here. As a teacher, as an instructor, as a, uh, technically I'm a Sifu, You get to watch those individuals who just come to the group classes, maybe once or twice a week, and see the effort they put in, in comparison to, and there's no difference here. They're both students, the two people I'm about to mention. Or we'll do three. I'll give three levels here. They're all students. They're all amazing. I appreciate every single one of them. And if you're, you know, they're great. They're students. Everyone gets to experience this differently. 
But there is a huge difference between the person who comes to the group class maybe once a week, twice a week, misses some classes here or there. And that's just what they do. That's just that's how they want to experience it, and that's the way the enjoyment they got out of it. Great. I have no problem. Absolutely no problem. Come to class. Love seeing you. I'm saying this like I still do any of this, but this is what I used to see. Then there's the person who comes to group class, same kind of person, comes to group classes one or two times a week. Sometimes they have to miss one here or there, but they go home and they practice on their own every day or every other day. They think about martial arts while they're going through their daily job or, you know, it becomes a lifestyle to them. There's that person. Then there's the person who does that and they take personal lessons with the teacher, the Sifu. They take actual one-hour personal lessons. Or maybe that's all they do is just they take one-hour personals every week. And they go home and they practice every day. Maybe they practice two hours, four hours. Who knows? But they practice every day. There's a huge difference between the levels of skill in those individuals. And that comes down to the effort they put in. And it's not to say that one of them is right or wrong. But there is a huge difference amount uh, behind the amount of effort you put into something and what you get out of it. And that's what martial arts taught me. One of the lessons martial arts taught me. Martial arts taught me a lot. But there is, again, a huge difference in someone who puts in a little bit of effort and someone puts in a lot of effort. And certainly, yeah, you can have the person who puts in a little bit of effort and just happens to be super athletic and can just like whip through a form and it's fucking amazing. Everybody's like, whoa, 10 out of 10. And then there could be the person who goes to a personal class once a week, twice a week, spends hours at home practicing and they go through their form and it, it's an 8 out of 10. But I guarantee I'll be able to sit there and go, no, 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 that person puts in way more fucking effort. And you know what? Because I know that, when I used to, you know, sit there and, and not judge, but I would, you know, I would watch people do forms and I would sit and help kind of qualify someone if they were getting a belt or not. You can tell. And when we can tell, we typically go, that was really a 7 out of 10, but I know they fucking worked their ass off for that 7 out of 10. It's an 8 out of 10. It's a 9 out of 10. It's a 10 out of 10. Fuck it, man. It wasn't a great form, but I know how much effort you put into that. That's amazing. We can tell. Oh, we can tell. Coaches, they can tell. Trainers, they can tell. Someone will treat you differently just by the amount of effort you put into something. So why aren't you treating yourself the same way? Oh, no. Why question, Phil? There it is. That's the one. I, that's the question I wanted to get to throughout the, this entire hour and 15 minute rant to get to this question right here. Because I know you do this yourself. We treat people differently based on the amount of effort they put into something. We really do. If someone tried really, really fucking hard at something, we treat them like they did. That's the only part of society right now that still grasps onto that idea. Everything else has kind of shifted away from this whole thing. Like you need to put in effort. We do recognize effort though. Society, culture, business, education, everyone recognizes effort. 
to the teacher in the high school watching the kids struggle, but they struggled and they fucking figured it out and they got more right on this test than they did on the last test. Give them an A minus instead of just the B plus. We recognize effort and we reward effort. The universe rewards effort constantly. That's what's known as balance. Effort in equals something out. If you put in the effort, the universe will reward you. That's how balance works. That's how pressure motivation works. That's how ether physics work. That's how the universe works. Balance. That's order. Are you rewarding yourself for the effort you're putting in? Why aren't you treating yourself differently based on the amount of effort you're putting in? That works both ways. How would things change for you if you started paying attention to the amount of effort you're putting into something and not the outcome, not the ends? They don't fucking matter. I don't care if you lost 15 pounds. I don't care if you lose three pounds. I don't care if you gain 10 pounds. What was the effort that got you there? If you gained 10 pounds because you went to the gym and you lifted your ass off for six months and you gained 10 pounds of muscle, or no, fuck that. If you gained six pounds of muscle and four pounds of extra fat, awesome. Good on you. High five, pat on the back. I'm going to cheer for you. Are you cheering for yourself though? Did you notice that that was, it was all about the effort you put in. If you cried one less day this week because you decided to open up the windows, clean the house a little bit, get the domicile a little bit more freshened up, Marie Kondo, that shit, went out for a walk, went to the park, ate a nice meal that you cooked, and you, you just cried one less day that week, boom, drop the mic, do a celebratory dance because you put in the effort. Judge yourself on the effort you're putting in, not on the outcomes. Stop looking at the outcomes. That's what this entire episode has been about. Maybe I should mic drop on that, but you know how I'm terrible at ending podcasts. So please, 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 please stop judging yourself on the outcomes and start judging yourself on the effort you put in because the universe will reward the effort. It's not going to reward whatever outcome you deem is necessary. In fact, the outcomes shouldn't matter to you in the end because all that matters really is the effort you put into it. That's the part that makes you feel good. That's dopamine, serotonin, cortisol levels, neuroepinephrine. That's all your chemical hormones. It's all based on the effort that went into something. Effort is super, super important. That's why we have the term soul food because it's the effort that goes into making it. It's cooking with your heart. You know, all those, all those anecdotal sayings we've had from, you know, day one in culture and societies about, you know, doing it with your heart and, you know, Shen comes from the heart. When we talk, when I talk about Shen, Chi and Jing, Shen rules the heart. It sleeps in the heart. It's, it's dormant in the heart. That's where those sayings come from. Of, you know, you put, you put effort in. You put heart and soul into it. You put effort into it. 
That's why it matters when the kid makes a shitty macaroni, you know, happy mother's day letter compared to a one they went to the store and bought. That that's why those things matter to people. You know, that's why moms tear up over that stuff. That's why dads get super excited when their kid fucking hits a foul ball, but it was the first time they actually hit the ball. <laughs> you know, it's because the effort. So start celebrating your efforts. Start looking at your efforts. Start judging yourself on your efforts and stop. Please stop worrying about the outcomes. You got to put in the effort to even get there. So why aren't you paying attention to that? That's, it's like one of the most important things I've come across in my life is this thing known as effort. How we apply it, how we use it, how we look at it, how we judge it. But none of that matters if you don't, hopefully Nike won't sue me. You just don't, you don't just do it. Like that's where, that's why that saying was like the Nike saying, like, just do it. That's so like catchy because it's all about effort. If you really want to look at marketing for any marketing people out there, marketing that revolves around the actions of effort, but the basis of just like effort itself are much more actionable than not. And that's why I, you know, you gotta be careful with people controlling your efforts and stuff like that, but stop looking at outcomes. They don't matter. They're just like little bonuses. It's like brownies. This is the last, this is the last little anecdote I'll, I'll leave you with. Or lasagna, even better. Brownies or lasagna. We'll go with either one. When you put in the effort to like make the brownie batter and make up the mix, even if it was just a box mix, whatever. Or the lasagna and you get it all made up and you know, whatever. And you got the oven and you, you cooked it in the oven and you waited. You waited till it cooled. Before you cut into it, put in the effort to little self self uh, control to let it cool a little bit, and then you got the nice crispy edge, you know, or the perfectly cooked middle, whatever part of the brownie or the lasagna you like. That was because of the effort that went into it. And that's why it was so enjoyable to you. Problem is, you only remembered the enjoyable part because effort takes work. We don't like to work. That's why in martial arts, or I'll use that one, but as a sidebar, that's why in masonry, Freemasonry, I'm an ex-Mason. I don't really believe in the organization at all. But they talk about doing work. They go to do work. They hold lodge to do work. That work is effort of memorization, action of function, study of oneself and one's neighbor and the the fraternal order. That's the work they put in. That's their effort. In martial arts, we don't look at the work. We look at the effort. From day one, it's never about how well you could do a form or even the fact that you could do the form. It was, did you fucking show up? 
That's what we always judge people on. Did you show up? And that could be showing up just for the belt, just for the belt test. Maybe you learned it all at home, but you put in the effort. We can tell. We can always tell. So with your own personal self, your own mental health, your own self-awareness, did you show up? Are you putting in the effort? Because now's the time. That's my challenge to you. Did you put in the effort? Are you putting in the effort? Because if you're not, and even if you are, now's the time. Double down. Dig deep. Put in more effort. You'll get more reward. I promise. I don't promise a lot. I'll promise that, though. Just don't hold me to any time frames, because that shit could take years. Who knows? But it will come. It always does. The universe rewards that stuff. Put in the effort. Now's the time. Thank you for listening as always. I know I kind of plugged it a couple times in this episode. And I'm going to plug it one more time because, well, they sent me this baller ass t-shirt. Purebulk.com. Coupon code Taming Hindrances. T-A-M-I-N-G-H-I-N-D-R-A-N-C-E-S. All one word. Or head over to TamingHindrances.com at the archive and scroll down to uh, Purebulk's link there. It's, it's That link is has the code built into it. Check out all of their products. They're an amazing company. Um, vitamins, supplements, Cliff High's Pure Sleep. I did a deep dive on that. You can check that out on YouTube. But yeah, that supports the podcast, but just support them because they're an amazing company anyway. They put in the effort. You can tell. Trust me, you can tell. And um, yeah, I'll leave you with that. Check out the website. But now's the time. Put in the effort. Go do that. Thanks for listening. Come check us out at taminghindrances.com for show notes, links, resources, and more. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher, RSS, or your preferred platform. If you leave us a spiffy review, we might just mention it on the show. Now go be awesome. And just remember to breathe.